I'm still in recovery mode after a hip replacement. A bit unusual for somebody only in their mid-forties, but I can't say it wasn't needed, which explains, but may not excuse the long gap since the last episode. I'm Mike Fink, and this is episode 25 of 5-Minute Forest Hill. As usual, I'll be talking about our Rotary Club, Rotary International, and volunteering more broadly, and possibly something about my own life. We're nearly at the midway point for the Rotary year, and we had our forum recently. Membership and community visibility are on our minds, as well as whether we're making the best use of the resources we have. I know I've mentioned it before, but I'll reiterate, we're not a big club, but the members we have are very active. This tremendous activity comes at a cost. One of them is pretty obvious. It's harder on each member when there isn't a lot of slack in the system. People get tired and worn out, and we push ourselves to perform even if we're not up for it. I believe I'm the youngest in my club by a minimum of 10 years and the younger than the average by 20. But in the lead-up to the operation, I had to call and say I couldn't show up for a shift at the Whitehorse Farmer's Market. Nobody made me feel bad about it, but I'd already managed to do a good job of that myself. And that's despite having been told repeatedly that family health at work should and must come before our Rotary commitments. If it becomes a burden, it will show. And it means our heads won't be in the game and our hearts won't be on the work. We had a great public speaker this past Monday in Craig Hassid from Monash University. He talked to us about mindfulness and the importance of focus and devoting our attention fully to things. Sometimes the distractions are external, but often they're internal. Here's Craig. Uh, Talking to Craig here uh, about mindfulness and his work. Um, When I I was a kid uh, in in New York, we watched Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, and they didn't call it cognitive behavioral therapy or, or mindfulness back then, but there were some musical numbers that were about... I guess developing a, a, an emotional language and, and developing the skills to recognize that uh, and, and deal with negative thoughts when they came up. And then there was, it seems like there was a big gap where you didn't have that. And now there's a TV show called Steven Universe that featured a, a musical number that had some cognitive behavioral therapy. How much of mindfulness is developing skills to recognize emotions, give them a name, and be able to sort them out rather than an external uh, stimulus. Yeah. The self-awareness, which is a really crucial part for our own mental health, but also for healthy relationships and emotional intelligence, that self-awareness includes the ability to recognize what's going on in our own heads our own thoughts and emotions, as well as noticing what's happening in our body, like when the body's tensing up, when we get angry, etc. Um, and to be aware of what's going on around us. And uh, so, and there's a very strong correlation between mindfulness and self-awareness. So the person who develops mindfulness starts to notice a lot more that they're often missing, uh, or they were missing before. So when a person's more mindful... All sorts of thoughts may come into the mind, but the person starts to develop a level of discernment about which ones to give attention to, which ones not. Also, in terms of emotions, it's very hard to control emotions by suppressing them and fighting with them and hating them, because that often accentuates.
accentuates emotions, especially the uncomfortable ones like anxiety and depression and so on. But if a person can start to develop that awareness, and rather than trying to control those emotions, learning not to be controlled by them, learning which ones to engage with, which ones to leave alone, um, then the person doesn't accentuate those kinds of unhelpful emotional states and starts to get a little bit of distance from them and a greater ability to choose about what they want to foster in their lives. It's, um, it's really a game changer in terms of our own mental health and, and cultivating healthier relationships with others. Thank you very much. So what do we need to do, not just as Rotarians, but also as people? I think we need to know our limitations. Craig said humans can't really multitask. It's a lie we've told ourselves. And whether it's driving a car or working or talking with our families, the best practice is to focus on just one job at a time. So if we're juggling too many things, we're going to wear ourselves out and we're going to drop something. And also, we need to develop the language to express that limitation and that feeling of a loss of control. We need to be able to tell ourselves that we need a break. And we need to be able to tell others when we need some help. I think this should feed into our ideas about recruitment. If we look exhausted, frantic, and like we're barely keeping up, asking somebody to join us isn't going to be very appealing. But if we get used to asking for a hand every now and again, with no commitment, everything starts to look more appealing. Help, community engagement, and maybe, just maybe, a future Rotarian. Thank you all very much for this short one this week. I'm Mike Fink. This has been 5-Minute Forest Hill.